are listening to the Joe Mays and Jay Rock Show, bringing you the latest news and commentary on baseball. The 0-2 pitch, swing and a miss, struck him out! The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball! Hockey. The Big Ten Championship lies on a measurement. Did he get it? No! He didn't get it! Penn State holds! They brought back the fun, they brought back the excitement, and now they've brought back a Big Ten Championship. The Penn State Nittany Lions are Big Ten Champions. Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Pretty. Lines them up. He's back again. He steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere. This is for you. Let the celebration begin. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Rappa. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 253 of the Joe Mays and J-Raff Show. I am one of your hosts, Joe Mays, and sitting next to me, my co-host, Justin Rapoff. Yeah, and that was the best show intro ever, and uh, you said to me right before the show, like, you ready? And I was like, I've never been more ready for a show in my life yeah. than this show today. For some reason, you were very, very happy to, oh uh, gosh. to be on this this episode. So, um, you know, I, I maybe you can explain it to us. Actually... You know, before you explain anything to us, why don't we see actually in person why you were so excited? That's a good uh, idea to uh, to be on this show. No, no time. Stay one. Stay one. I don't know why I cut off there. Let's try that again. Little excited. Yeah, just little, little excited. Bit. Yeah, I can't. I really just looking at it. I, I, can't I still like. I still don't really believe it. You know, like I, I kept saying that, um, the whole time. Yeah, just can't believe that it actually happened. Yeah. Those things don't happen. It had never happened. So. You know, um, a lot of people were talking incredible. about, you know, 52 years, 52 years, but and that's just the Super Bowl era. Right. You know, it had been 58 years right. since right. the last pro football championship for the city of Philadelphia. You know, you're talking back the, with Chuck Benarek, uh yeah. was the, the guy, the face of the franchise. And, you know, that was a while ago. Yeah, just just a bit. Um, you know, we're talking generations. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I... Am, am prepared to 
enjoy it fully, basically. That, that's, that was my, my mindset quickly shifted to, I can't believe they won, but I'm still going to enjoy it because like it'll sink in at some point and I don't want to still be sitting there in shock. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we're obviously we're going to talk the Super Bowl. We have to talk the Super Bowl. This is pretty much a football show for the majority of the year. So we're going to wrap up the Super Bowl pretty quickly. You know, we'll spend yeah. about the first 15 minutes or so because tonight actually is our seventh anniversary. It was on this day seven years ago that uh, we attempted to practice for a, a podcast and we had our first show. I think it was February 20th was the actual first episode of the Joe Mays and J-Rap show. Uh, but seven years ago, Justin and I started this thing, and uh, to celebrate, we like to answer questions submitted by our listeners, and um, we are going to do that. So, um, well, why don't we talk about the uh, Super Bowl? So, Justin, why don't you get started with that? And I'm gonna yeah. So here, okay. So when we look at um, you know Super Bowl. Uh, kind of going into it, people were asking me who I wanted the Eagles to play. And I know we talked about this a little bit in the preview. Um, and we had um, our, our resident New England fan um, on the show, too. And I said, I, I wanted I wanted them to play the Patriots. Now, you got to be careful what, what you waste or what you wish for. Um, you know, and, and it wasn't that I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't taking the mindset of like, oh, I want to play Brady. But I, I wanted to have the... Look, if we're going to, if the, we, yes, the Eagles are going to win, I wanted to beat Brady. And if you lose, you've lost the Brady and the Patriots. And like, what, what more can you say? Everyone has. So, you know, going into it, you know, just a little nervous, but I, I don't know. It, it felt different than the last time, which was like 14 years ago, um, or roughly, um, that time I truly was like kind of just happy that they made it mm -hmm. um, because they had not gotten there, you know, three times. And, you know, it was, it was one of those rough uh, instances where you just wondered if they're ever going to make it there. Um, man, that hit on Brandon Cooks. Yeah. And that, that has a big effect on the game, you know, because Brandon Cooks was out the rest of the game. Um, you know, it, you know, I know some people were upset about the hit, but it, it's a legal hit in this play. Who's a runner? Oh, almost had it. Oh, right. Um, yeah, it was interesting. I, I loved the one hundred dollar recovery pajamas. Can't help you catch the ball or something <laughs> like that. Um, but I love they asked Chris Long. Did you say anything to Brady after you know you because he had run past him? That's that's Long's guy, I guess, coming off the end. And he's like, no, I didn't want to make him mad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably uh, for the best. Yes. Yes. Um, but the Eagles were able to kind of hold up. Patriots had some unpatriot-like miscues early in the game, um, and that's huge because the Eagles were kind of able to take advantage. And man, Foles was like His that pass. That were... pass there was unbelievable, and the catch is great. Like that—that's when you start thinking, man, if they can, everything's clicking. And like Garrett Blunt's going, you know, they're running. Yeah, the offensive line was able to protect Foles, and yeah, you start thinking, man, they—they've got a chance here. Um, but you know the Patriots. I, I we talked about this before. The Eagles could be up thirty five in the second half, and I wasn't going to really be comfortable because it's the Patriots. We just saw them last year, and they kept. They man, they That's could strange. get whatever they want. They were just passing all over them. Kind of surprised that. I mean, not that Burkhead got caught, but just that 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 play got caught instead of going for a touchdown. Um, 
but you know the Patriots come back and they they answer here. That was um, great defense by Long there. Yeah, Goskowski makes up for an earlier miss here. Right. Of course, the miss wasn't really his fault. It was right. a, a poor snap. But you know, at at fifteen to six and driving, you know you're feeling pretty good here. Right. Getting close to halftime, both Blunt and Jai did great on the ground, and Clement through the air, which you're going to see, and we're going right. to talk and this, about in a bit. You know, the only interception. And people talk about, oh, the, they got lucky, they got lucky. Well, you know what? The Patriots got lucky because Alshon Jeffrey almost had that. If he yeah. has that, then they're they've got I mean, first thing. Does have it right? They're, they're first and goal at the five. You yeah. know, so like. The Patriots go down here and score, and they get the holding call there to extend the drive. And it, it was not so much at the end, but he caught him earlier, earlier, earlier in the yeah. neck. Um, so, like, you know what? But you know when you give them free first downs, the Patriots are going to score. And I know it was early in that drive, but they they move right down the field. And, you know, can't cover right. Hogan. There's Hogan. Man. I mean, now it's easy to say the Patriots receivers had a great game. Well, when Brady throws for over 500 yards, your receivers are probably going to have right. great games, and three of them did. Right, and, and that, that was without Cooks. Right, and that was terrible tackling. And now you see is like 15 to 13, and you know, oh my gosh, here we go. Right, you know, like this is where you think, but, oh, here come the Patriots right, right before halftime. But this is exactly what they talked about. With what did the Jaguars do? Right before halftime against the Patriots, they just played to get the halftime. And the Eagles against the Vikings went for it and got the extra field goal and were able to, you know, were able to kind of get that back in their favor. Well, Eagles go down and they're able to eventually get a score here before half. And that's huge. And we'll see that score, which is Here's one of the legendary passes for Clement who just stiff arms a guy to pick up an extra 20 plus yards. Right. Get him inside inside the the 10. 10. Yeah, that's your undrafted free agent, by the way. Out of Wisconsin. Yep, I was so pumped when they got that. Oh yeah, that was a great. That was a great. I mean, we talked about. It, right. I think on the show after the yeah. draft, we're like, the Eagles got Corey Clement. What a right. what a great pickup. I was really mad real time seeing yeah, that. We talked about this in right. text. They said it looked worse yes. in real time than, than this it did play. On the re- oh my the gosh. Philly special. Trey Burton recruited out of high school as a dual threat quarterback. Oh man, the Nick Foles. Oh my gosh. Legendary. Yeah. And now that the audio's come out that like he called it. He you know, he went over it, yeah. and asked he to said, do Let's it. Run it. He sold it so well just standing there like Right. Hey, well he said he said the defensive end or the linebacker was out further than he's supposed to be on that. So he, he said, I knew I really had to sell that I was doing nothing because they were gonna like Was you it know, Van Noy or who Yeah, was Van Noy it was supposed to. Um but he he sold it. Not only did he just not do anything, he stood there. Um and then they're able to get out of this, you know, before half, which is uh, key. So yeah. So at halftime, it was Eagles twenty-two, Patriots twelve. But you know, no one is comfortable being up just ten on the Patriots. And early in the third quarter, they're going to show us exactly why no one likes to only right. be up ten. They remember the they had Gronk. Yeah. And he had only one catch in the first half. Yeah, and then I think he had four on this drive, including the touchdown. And he ended up with a huge, huge night. Yeah. And we'll go over the stats momentarily here. Uh, but, you know, yeah, a week ago now we were watching this game. Probably was getting ready to start the second half. Yeah. And um, they drove right down the field. And this was uh, this was uh, disappointing. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, man, you work so hard. And, and now all of a sudden. Not even three minutes into the second right, half. Right, and they man. just drive right down the field. 
And that's the first of two and, for him. And people are complaining because they're not doubling anybody. They weren't, you know, they weren't doubling him. But that's what the Eagles have done the whole time. You know, they didn't double Julio. You know, they didn't double any guys. But there, like a missed tackle. Like there was a lot of talk about Patrick Chung. He missed, just missed some big plays in this game. Uh, on Clement some, on Ertz some, um, there on Aguilar. Like, I don't know. Patrick Chung didn't live up to what they needed him to. Um, Which is what you were used to as an Eagles fan. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's just when the Eagles are on the field, Patrick Chung is not going to get it done. Uh, and unfortunately, that included when he was part of that. Right. So, now here was one of the um, passes and controversial calls. Um, let's see if, if they show the replay here. I don't know that they will. Yeah, here it is. So, to me, like... I mean, this all comes back you to the NFL it. and their catch Right. Rules. They and said he had it what I and s- that he got both feet in. And then he started losing. Right. So if you have possession and get both feet down, to me, you're now a runner. Right. It doesn't matter if the ball Because moves. he hadn't been contacted. So it doesn't like it doesn't matter to me that he the ball and I'm not you know, you you can throw at me that, well, the rule says like, okay, fine. Maybe they got it wrong. I, I don't really know. The catch right. rule is so asinine right. that it's hard to understand. But to me, Right, that is a touchdown, and ruled a touchdown on the and ruled a and touchdown on the right. field. Now, maybe if it was the other way, if they ruled it incomplete, they reviewed it. They, maybe it stays incomplete. Right, right. I think it was those whatever they called on the field, they couldn't overturn it. Right, they call a touchdown, so it ends up being right. a touchdown. And there are people who are like, "Well, his foot was on the line." Well, that wasn't it was what, the third foot. Right, right. But because possession one, one left foot. Two, right it's foot. not moving yet. It right. didn't move until he moves it there at the end. But to me, he's not juggling it. Right, he's just he was moving it. Right. So, like, to me, possession was never lost. Right. So, um, so Philly gets their 10-point lead back, but it doesn't last because they let the Patriots drive right down the field yeah. again. And uh, they were able to get it done on the ground at times, and when they couldn't, Brady would put it up through the air. No pressure at this point Nothing. in the game on Brady, and that's just going to kill you. It doesn't matter what defense you have in the secondary. It's not going to go well if Brady's just standing back there all day. And uh, he hits uh, Hogan for the score, three minutes and change to play in the third quarter. And once again, the 10-point lead, the 10-point cushion drops to a field goal. And this is when the Eagles are unable to capitalize in the long run. Right. Where the offense had been answering every Patriots move, which is what they had to do. And uh, they picked up a few first downs, but in the end, the drive... No, did they get a field goal? Yeah, they get a field okay, goal my, here. My apologies. They do get a field goal. They don't get the touchdown. Right. They get the three when they needed the seven. And uh, the Eagles' offense able to get part of it done, but not everything that they needed right. out of this. They got it into the fourth quarter, but that was the third down play, third and three, and they lose five, um, which honestly pushed Jake Elliott back into the range where it was 40-plus yards, and that's better More for him. Comfortable. Yeah. So now it's early fourth quarter. Philly but up by you, six. right, and the defense hasn't stopped Tom Brady in like an hour, At and least. so all of a sudden, you know, you're up six instead of trading and you just touchdowns. Know that right, they're the Patriots are going to score again. This right. six point lead is not safe. And at this point, I'm on my way to your house. Right, and I'm literally pulling on to uh, the road right by your parents' house when this happens. And Gronk scores. And you can't defend that. No. Like, there was like, nothing you could do right. about that. Your only way you can defend that is to grab his face mask right. there. 
like on the line. Like, right, exactly. Just, and then they get a first down. He's bigger and stronger than you. I don't like. I right. don't. And a perfectly thrown ball. Yeah. Like, well, what a surprise. Yeah, shocker. Like, there's nothing you can do. So now all of a sudden the Eagles are losing by right. a point with about eight and a half minutes to play in the game. But the Eagles offense does answer as they had done all night. Again, there's only one punt in this in game. I think right. it was the Eagles too, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Earlier uh, in the first half. So Eagles, six and a half minutes to play so, now. This is huge because, and I was saying it's fourth and one, but I was like, you got to go for it here because if you turn it over, at least, at least they'll score quick and then you have still a chance to get the ball back. Like if you punt it and they go 80 yards, they run three or four minutes off and score because they hadn't stopped them yet. And, but they were able to get it. Interesting. So they're able to get their, uh, didn't stop buffering for some reason. That's odd. Good. The end of the game. Yeah. It's not like anyone wants to see that. So um, I don't know what's going on. We'll, we'll try something here, but I'll let Justin talk about. Yeah. So the Eagles were able to keep that drive going, and that was huge that fourth down call. But I completely agreed with it because look, you got to go, and you know you're, you you'd been very limited as to whether or not you could hold um, Brady at all. So you got to keep going for the points, and I like that they went for it and. Uh, we're able to kind of keep things moving, and next thing you know, um, they're able to score um, and and regain the lead. All right, I think we're back here, so okay. let's try this again. Don't know what happened there. Some rendering and buffering issues, but Foles picked up the first down to Ertz. Oh, going, I think there's an ad. ad. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Oh. Love it. So we're going to skip past this uh, Metro PCS ad. That's what wasn't loading the last time. Right. So, so here we are. Right, they get the first down. They get a few more first downs, and then, um, you know, right the needle. Right, Nick Foles. Right, and And like the guts it takes to throw these passes. It's at this point where we didn't realize that the clock's been running this whole time. Right, right. They got the ball with over seven minutes. They ran five minutes, and then this was ruled. You know, some people thought was much clearer to me than the Clement one. Like and this people, one wasn't even up people throw Jesse James, and this wasn't even close because it's not the same. Look, one foot. He has has the ball. Right. One foot, two, two foot, foot, three. Diving. Right. Ball has never been moving at all. It's still on his body, not touching right. the ground. Flops up in the air. He catches it. Never touches the ground. He was not even a receiver when he was touched. No. And when he dove, once you cross the line, if you One, have possession, it's a two, touchdown. Play is dead. Right? right. Three. There, play is dead. Cause right, because he, he was a runner. Line. Yep, Because he was a runner, not a receiver. So this wasn't like – this one's not even close to me. Right. I agree. And If you want to argue the Clement one, I'll listen to you. Yeah, But you can't right. argue the Ertz one. The right. Ertz one is absolutely a touchdown. So and this was pass interference. Not Yeah, he it was. He shoved him in the chest. They don't show but, the, the right. replay, but it, it, it was. But, but then um, – right, so now you're in this, oh, no, here we go. And Brandon Graham to the rescue. Brandon Graham. Got the only pressure they got all night. It was Brandon the only Graham sack of was, the whole game. was drafted too high, but he comes in and he we talked about. <laughs> and he comes in and man, what a great time to have the biggest play of your career. <laughs> um, Tom Brady fumbles it. And the rookie recovers. And the rookie, Derek Barnett, who everybody were like, what? What? Right, yeah. Uh, probably us. Um, yes, but that's all right. <laughs> it doesn't matter now. No. Do you know why? Because the Eagles won the Super Bowl. <laughs> so, um, now they just need to pick up a first down here. And, you're right. Um, 
and they don't. So, kick Jake Elliott again, though rookie kicker. Take the points, and now you have you require Brady and the Patriots to score a touchdown and get the two point conversion just to tie. Right. And this that was a bad decision is, there because yeah, it took a lot of time, and they really got nothing. Decision. But the thing that was happening, we were like, I thought Brady was going to score for the touchdown. I thought the Eagles' best chance is to stop him on the two point conversion because they can't spread you out, you know, like. It, it, Although they have Gronk. So. They do. They do. But I, you know, like, I just thought, we've seen this how many times? And then they get him to fourth down. They almost sack him in the end zone. Yeah. Um, but they get I him to fourth, right they get him to fourth down. Be over oh, and then they no. pass it. But no timeouts. He's tackled in the middle of the field. Clock is running and running and running. But then and then so Gronk two, here. Two consecutive plays to Gronk right. like this. And all of a sudden, they're, they're near in, midfield. Right. And they're in range to throw the Hail Mary. Yeah. And this is the one where, oh my gosh, if he they could have tackled him in bounds there. Yeah, it was it would have right. that point. So but this is. is well, this one they get the four more yard or the oh, ten more. Right. Right. They I try forgot. to, but it's almost picked. Almost picked, picked. yeah. Right. Ronald but Darby. here, so there's here nine seconds left, which is odd because usually a hail mary comes with like three, you know. And so um, there's nine seconds I guess they left. Thought they were running the risk of getting tackled in bounds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I think it's Brandon Graham again off the edge, almost gets him. Yep. And Brady gets free, now you know, tosses it up, it. and it's this like, oh, it. my gosh. And you look at this, you see five Eagles, six Eagles down in right. here. And if you count the guy at the six, Amendola, there's four Patriots. So the numbers are in the Eagles' way. But when things like this happen, the ball does funky stuff. Yes, and it's the Patriots. So you know something crazy is going to happen. So the ball comes down. There are five <laughs> Eagles around Gronkowski. And the ball's, ball's bouncing, bouncing around, around, and then like, it hits the ground. Uh, oh my for gosh! Them, no one was around to catch it, and uh, and there it was. Yep, and the there end. it was. So and uh, I, we got a minute of the Eagles celebrating. Doug Peterson got the Gatorade bath. Bill Belichick looks the same as he always does. Right? Yeah, win or lose. And um, uh, the Eagles are celebrating. Patriots not sure really what happened. Yeah, they and, don't lose uh, games like that. They win games like they're, that. Yeah, they're not, well, it hasn't happened to them since 2011, really. Right. Gronk looks hobbled, doesn't he? he I yeah. mean, maybe he's well, just lumbering because he's so big and strong. And that's why he's going to retire and be an actor. Now, I know there were some. <laughs> I know there were some people that wanted um, a personal foul on this hit. No way. I, I, I mean, I don't. I don't see any pass interference on no. this. There was nothing there that was obvious. And I know some people said that the Patriots receiver running down the field got hit. Which yeah. he did. Could they have thrown the flag? Probably, but you could have thrown a flag on the two point conversion for the Eagles, <laughs> right? When the linebacker shoves the guy in the chest before the ball gets there, so right. You know, so, I mean, people that want to make it out to that there could have been three calls on the final play, like don't don't give me that, right? Because exactly. there's plenty of other. I mean, but like I do, I do agree, and also some people are pretty pompous about it. You, you can't say that during the Super Bowl that that the Patriots were in the ref's pocket. Because I thought it was an evenly called game where teams got the benefit of the doubt or screwed both ways. Right, yeah. And that you know what that's calling? That's right. man, I, man being refs. Right, again. You know, man having to take control of a game I that thought, is subjective. And obviously, the team I wanted to win won. But I thought it was a well-officiated game. Unlike most NFL games this year that I watched, you know, where you well, just felt like, and, oh my gosh, this is taking over. I mean, like, really, and the reason it's even talked about as much as it has been is not necessarily on the refs. It's on the NFL rules. Right. Exactly. The arguably the two biggest plays or calls weren't even the refs on the, on the field. It's the official it's 
um, whatever. The booth or whatever um, you want to say. Yeah. Because not really the I, booth, but back at the league office. Right. He whatever. was there. He was there There's for the Andy Super Bowl. Person. Yeah. So he's there watching it. Yeah. So those reviews aren't aren't on the refs. Um, so anyway, um, set all kinds of records um, for offense yeah. or lack of defense, depending on how you want to look okay. at it. Um, but it was it was pretty awesome. Brady threw for over 500 yards. 505. Um, Eagles gave up over 600. I think they had well over 500, though. Um, it was just unbelievable. And honestly, I was really excited because there is no, like, Tom, if you would have said Tom Brady's going to throw for over 500 yards, the Patriots won't punt. And the Eagles still and win. And the Eagles win. That's, you, you never expect that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was incredible. Um, and it, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I know, uh, some of our viewers are, are more than happy to watch the highlights and others, um, probably pretty sick of it by now, but, uh, yeah. you know, um, what? we're going to be those insufferable Eagles fans right now. That's, that's what we, that's what we're called to do. Right? <laughs> right? We can't let this opportunity slip us by. I might be, who knows if I'll live long enough to see it happen again. That's, so, this is um, true. You know, every fifty-two years would probably be pushing it. So, uh, yeah, we'll ha- we'll have to wait and see. But so, final score: Eagles forty-three, Patriots thirty-three. Nick Foles MVP, twenty-eight of forty-three, three hundred seventy-three yards, three touchdowns. The one interception so, that was crazy stat for you: Nick Foles has played four playoff games. In the second halves of those four playoff games combined, he has fourteen incomplete passes. Wow! In four games, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tom Brady, we mentioned five and five yards. He had three touchdowns. He was twenty-eight of forty-eight. Uh, Blunt, 90 yards a score. Ajayi, 57 yards. For the Patriots, Lewis, 39. White, 45 on the ground. Receivers, Man, Aguilar, I, How far did Nelson Aguilar We were come. so high on him coming out of USC. Yeah. We were excited he went to the Eagles, and then he just struggled. Like, right. just, there wasn't, it drops. I mean, right. he just wasn't there. And then when they got rid of Jordan Matthews last year, now they had added Torrey Smith and um, right. Alshon Jeffrey, but you're like, ah, Keith Matthews, get rid right. of Aguilar. They must, <laughs> right, they must be high but, on Aguilar. Man, and, what a year he had. Yeah. Uh, Ertz, uh, 7 for 67, and the game-winning touchdown. Uh, Smith added 49 on five catches. Clement, the rookie, undrafted, four catches, 100 yards, and the score. On the Patriots side, Gronk, 116 and two touchdowns. Amendola, Amendola, 8 for 152. Hogan, 6 for 128 and a score. So three receivers over 116 receiving yards. That's uh, crazy. Brandon Graham, the only sack of the game came at a matter that was a moment that was pretty, pretty crucial. Barnett, the recovery, and we saw Deron Harmon for the Patriots got the only interception. So only, I believe, two turnovers. The pick yeah. that probably, you know, was kind of a crap shoot. Right, like that right. Was, that wasn't a bad pick. Right. And, and, it, and it wasn't a bad bobble. Like, he was just trying to make a play. It would have been an amazing catch. It just happened it, it sometimes. Just, it was a very clean, offensive, and turnover game. Now, right. defensively, not so much. But, like, when I say that, I mean, like, the interception was kind of a fluke. Well, the, Right. And the offensive lines were playing well. Yeah. It wasn't like they weren't bringing pressure, like, on teams. Like, quarterbacks were getting it out. Like, you know. The, There's some shoddy tackling on the Eagles side, but fumble, we saw some of it on the Patriots the side too. The fumble came on a strip sack. It wasn't someone losing the, the right, you know, possession. Right. Um, so yeah, it was it was a an exciting game, one that obviously people in this area will remember forever. And uh, you know, when we were growing up, when we were big into watching the NFL, not that it's really any different now, but like that was our life, pro football. 
the games were awful. Like yeah. we didn't have a good game no. in the early nineties. They were all like, the last good one I think was Giants Bills with the Norwood missed <laughs> field goal. And then they were terrible for like seven years or something like that. You had the Cowboys crushing people, you had the 49ers crushing <sighs> people. Uh then all of a sudden the, the Packers uh, blew out the Patriots. Right at the the um the Broncos uh, and Packers or Broncos blew out the Falcons in yeah. a game. Now I guess Broncos Packers was was decent. It wasn't right. like nail biting because I think the Broncos ended up winning by like uh, was it more than a one possession? No, I can't remember. It's been a while. But then we had a great game between the Titans and Rams, and that kind of turned things around. Now I know yeah. the. The game between the uh, Raiders and Bucks wasn't great, right? Which was uh, frustrating because that's the one the Eagles should have won, yeah. Like because the Eagles <laughs> should have beat Tampa and they could have crushed <laughs> Oakland in that, but didn't work out that way. And honestly, now doesn't even matter because yeah. the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, that, we're obviously going to talk more football and more Super Bowl here, but we're talking about our listener special here, our seventh anniversary. So we had people contact us. And we're going to go in kind of in order that they sent the questions, just so the people that got them in early will hear their questions answered. Some of them are related or close to each other, so we're kind of just run through them really quickly. Um, but the first one to come through that we want to touch on as it relates to the topic we were just discussing is about the Eagles. So actually, your mom, Cheryl, uh, let us know that she wanted to ask, what were the key elements for a successful Eagle season during 2017? So I have some stuff outlined here, but why don't you give your, your take? All right. So I think some of the key stuff was, um, and and you saw actually Malcolm Jenkins, I think, talked about this later this week. Um, the key was um, last year when things went south, and we talked about this a lot in the preseason, um, and we talked a lot about it early in the season, about how the Eagles went like th- two months without a win last year. Um, and... Like just the growing from that and how they were able to finish strong. And, um, you know, I, I know I like to kid about it, but, you know, coming back and, and beating the Cowboys in the last game of the season, it meant nothing to the Cowboys. Like I, I get that last year, but just the attitude and the development of the young guys last year on a seven and nine team, I think they went last yeah, year. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> um, kind of set the tone and a lot of those young guys stepped up and, and really learned the system and they were able to kind of get everything in place. Um, Carson Wentz played out of his mind the first part. So he didn't win the MVP, which I get. He missed three games. Um, he threw more touchdowns than Tom Brady, and he missed three games. Um, you know, that's usually think- that's usually not the area where you're going to beat Tom Brady. You know what I mean? Now, right. I know some of that is, is skewed because they had some blowouts in there, but so did the Patriots in those years where Brady got it. Um, and I'm not saying Wentz should have been MVP, but um, – I think if he plays the whole season, he probably. I does. think he wins it. Yeah, yeah I think he, I think he wins it if he finishes out the season. Um, but you know that that ability and the way they got the offense running, um, and the way they got guys involved, the way they built up Aguilar, um, and Doug Peterson. So we were talking about this in the first early part of the game when when they. Um, you know, we're going for it on fourth downs and, and pulled that crazy play right before halftime, the Philly special. Um, that's been, that's been Peterson all year. Like that's not like some people, if you haven't watched the Eagles, you might be like, Oh, he's coaching scared. You know, no, he's not like, this is what they did all year. I think they went for it second most times out of everybody in the league. And they converted 20 out of 29 on the season, fourth down conversions. 
they go for it a lot. Um, and they were talking, I was listening to this podcast this morning and they were saying, Doug, like the Eagles have really accepted, um, even though Peterson's like a life or football guy, like they really accept the role of analytics, especially in certain ways. And they sit down and discuss all these possible scenarios. And they have a guy in the booth who that's his role is to be in Doug's ear and be like, you said in this scenario that we're going for two, like, right. So they had predetermined that in that scenario, they were going for two, um, based on analytics, you know, not based on, uh, Oh, you're chasing points, you know, but they said they do that to try and take the emotion out of the moment so that they can just be, Based on the numbers, we should go for two here. Based on the numbers, we should go. That's a dream job right there. I, yeah, I, I thought of you. Yeah, you being like, the guy who just run the analytics. analytics. Yeah. Like, yeah, we need to go be like the unsung hero of, right. of a, of a right. team so success. Right, so they try and make – now, obviously, there are decisions that he has to make. And you could see, like, when they were going with the Philly special, like, they were going for it on fourth down. But, like, the play that they called was the, you know, is the gut. You know, it's not the, – the decision to go for it, they'd already decided, like, look, we're not going to – Kick the field goal there. We're going to go for the touchdown. We need touchdowns if we want to beat the Patriots. And you look back, Jaguars the week before weren't able to do it. Falcons last year weren't able to do it. Like the, you look back at those Patriots huge comebacks. They're always that they aren't even attempting those plays. They're just settling and, and trying to end the game as quick as they can. The Eagles are basically playing as if, look, let's just go. We're going to outscore you. You know, now at the end, I know they, you know, they were running. They they should have passed when it was two oh three left and it was second down. Um it was like second and five or whatever, and they had a chance to to pass because they wouldn't have the clock was gonna stop for the two minute warning anyway. Right. Now things can go wrong if you get sacked or there's a fumble yeah, I don't or think you wanna be yeah. second guessing with the result you got. No, no, but I'm saying like that would have been the easy time to pass to put the nail in the coffin and try and get the other score or the first down that ends it. However, I, I get I get what they did. Um, but yeah, they, they had it all, all set up. And yeah, I know you have some of the stats here that kind yeah. of verify a lot of this. Well, stuff. I mean, you touched on a lot of stuff I wanted to say. So number one reason for success, I think comes to Peterson. He was confident and he used some unconventional, at least historically coaching, which you kind of talked on already. You also mentioned MVP caliber quarterback play for 16 out of their 19 games. Most of that was from Wentz, right. but we saw from Foles at least the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. When you needed it the most. Right. You got it. Then stingy defense, I think for sure. They were fourth so, in yards per game, first in rushing, although they were 17th against the pass, which you kind of saw and, in the Super Bowl. And let's talk about situational defense. And I texted this out to the group. In the last two minutes of 19 different games this year, so every game, last two minutes, Eagles did not give up a point. Nope. Zero. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. When it matters most. Right. We're not talking zero. we're not talking garbage time, you know, nothing. They didn't give up a point in the last two minutes of any game this season. They didn't give up a lot of points all year. They were fourth <sighs> in the league. Uh, no, all the stats I'm saying are regular season. It doesn't count playoffs, just just to put that out there. But um they were third and third down conversions allowed, so they got off the field when they needed right. to. They also um you know, by luck of the refs or by their own play, they were tied for seventh in penalties. So, you know, not top <coughs> five, but up right. in the uh, Not where you're costing quarter. yourself games. Right. Uh, the craziest thing I saw is they were dead last in time of possession, which means the defense was on the field a lot because the offense scored so quickly. Wow. The, they, they were, uh, the offense only had the ball for 27 minutes and change. So the defense was out there more often than not. Now, I know special teams eats up some of that too, but... 
the Eagles were so good on offense that the defense had to shoulder the load, and they were still a top-five defense. They were third in pass breakups. They were fourth in interceptions, one of which they scored on. They only had 12 forced fumbles, but they had uh, they were six in fumble recoveries, and they returned four of them for touchdowns, which was second-best in the league behind Jacksonville. They were middle of the road in sacks, so while right. the defensive line was good against the run, they weren't great at pressuring, but you know, right. with with Long coming back, right. Barnett in his second year, you hope that the Eagles can take a jump in that regard. Now you can't overlook the offense because obviously you can put up points. Not many teams can beat you. They were seventh in yards per game, third in points per game, fourth in turbo, turnover differential. They were first in receiving touchdowns, and this comes into play with Doug Peterson now. First in two point conversions, they had six. The second best team had three. Wow! And you mentioned twenty of twenty nine. In the regular season, they attempted 26, and they converted on about yeah. 65%. Right, which is insane. When you think about it, like, fourth down conversions, man, that, that can really change a game. And you saw it in, in, the, in, in the Super Bowl alone. But over the course of the season, think about how many possessions that changes. Every one of those possessions. Now, some of those you might go three more downs and then need to punt. You know, like, you never know. But even if a third of those turn into scores, right. you know, like... Man, that that that's crazy. But um, then you know this this kind of piggybacks on the offense. But the offensive line, uh, six best in yard per carry. They had sixty four rushes for ten or more yards, and they did their best up the middle, which says a lot about Jason Kelsey. Uh, they were first in rushing plays of over twenty yards, and they were tied for ninth in the league for rushing plays over forty yards. So they're getting it done right. on the ground. Well, and, in and addition to and the you air. look at that, and you know not to go Jason Kelsey on us, but like. Um, you know, you have your Hall of Fame left tackle go out. You have um left guard who's been a journeyman in Wisniewski and and Warmack, right? Rotating in there. Um, Jason Kelsey, who even Philadelphia, like you know, but people had been like, ah, oh, maybe he's past his prime. You know, there was some talk a couple years ago that he might be on the way out, like all this stuff. Um, thought Jason Kelsey was the was the normal brother. We clearly have settled that he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's okay. That's fine. Um. You know, the statue should be built soon. So, yeah. uh, um, you know, but Lane Johnson, who's had his, you know, history, we'll leave it at that. Um, but, you know, uh, I think the first right tackle to be selected to the Pro Bowl in a long time, because they always elect like two left tackles, basically, and make one of them play right tackle. Yeah, um, yeah it, it's just, they've been, man, it, it, it all it all came together. It all came together. Now, we're actually going to move to another question from a different listener. And while this is from my dad, uh, Bill, he actually asked about the Eagles. Now, being a fan of a fellow NFC East team, he wants to know about Eagles free agency losses and their outlook in 2018. And um, it actually, uh, for most of the people listening, or at least the people sitting here, or at least one of the persons sitting here. And you too. You you too. I mean, hey, you know. (laughs) I'm not going to get into the order of my teams right now, but Dolphins are still number one, and I still got to put the Steelers at number two. So uh, third spot is up for grabs. You know, if anyone wants to convince me one way or the other, let's be honest. Let's take a look. It's not the Cowboys. Number three is not the Cowboys. <laughs> I have no comment on the matter. So unfortunately for you, Dad, at least for 2018. It's not good if you wanted the Eagles to be losing a lot because there are not. I believe 21 out of 22 starters return. So have the potential to return. Set to be free agents in a month from Valentine's Day are 
running back Sproles, who missed almost the entire season. Yeah, I think went out the first game. I believe this is the starter, Nigel Bradham. Yep, Nigel Bradham. Uh, then you have tight end turned Super Bowl quarterback Trey right. Burton. Third uh, tight end. A couple re- uh, reserve in uh, safety Graham. Then one of the running backs in Blunt. Right. Um, injured and so probably reserve kicker Caleb Sturgis. Yep. Um, reserve linebacker Danielle Ellerby. Ellerby. Who they picked up midseason. And then a couple of swing guys or special teams guys in Beatty, Raymond, Good. Patrick Robinson is is a is quasi-starter. Yes. He's more yes. of a nickel dime back. Um, safety Jalen Watkins. A returner and running back Ken John Barner. And defensive tackle Bo Allen. So right. this offseason, not a lot to hurt the Eagles. Right. And, and you know, one of the things that we talked about was the depth was key this year. So it's not that you can expect that not all those guys will be back, obviously. Um, some of those guys, especially when you win, some of those guys are going to get their money, and I don't, I don't blame them. Um, some of them might not have the opportunity to come back. But now, when you look at key contributors, there weren't, there weren't a ton. Burton had his moments. You know, where he, right. he did fine, especially but as Ertz was hurt. Tight, a third tight right. end or second, right. end, depending on what you right. think of Selleck. You know, yeah. Ertz is your guy. So, yeah. like, you're not going to break the back. Exactly. Burton wants to stay, so you can work it out. Yeah, some fine. of the secondary guys, but you have Sidney Jones, who should be in the mix next right. year. You so know, who was at times a first-round talent, but because of injury wasn't able, you know, hurt himself in, you know, off-season workout. Right. Um, not off-season, but like pre-draft workouts. The, um, the bigger issue for the Eagles may come next year, but the good yeah. thing is usually front offices are looking two right. years down the road, not necessarily to this well, season. One of the things, the Eagles will have two quarterbacks. Now, this is including full. So the two quarterbacks, top two quarterbacks on the Eagles roster will make less than, I think, 14 or 15 individual quarterbacks on other teams. Right. Um, well, you've went on your rookie year, and you have Foles, who was basically right. out of football, just- and I think he makes seven and a half million next year. Like, so that's why people are like, "Oh, they need to trade him." No, if if they are offered the world for him, yes, then maybe they do need to. Right, it, but, it's all relative. But in terms of like, oh, they need it because they need cap space because they're one of the worst. Like the Eagles have among the least amount of cap space, um, in these teams, like of all the teams in the NFL. But we just talked about they don't have to replace a lot. So, yeah. um, and yeah. they can rework some people's contracts right. and all that. Right, but exactly. Two years from now, Brandon Graham, Nick Foles, Brent Selleck, Chase Warmack, Chris Long, Ronald Darby, Jordan Hicks, Jay Ajayi, and Jake Elliott are all due. Right. Those are all starters or key contributors right. in, they're... in this uh, 2017 season. So, right. those are the people that they're going to start talking about this offseason. Those are the positions that they're going to talk about for draft. Right. And and honestly there I think it's likely that Foles, Selleck, Warmack and Long at a minimum all of them I think are gone. Quite you know, possibly. Like um I, I we'll have be, to wait and see. I wouldn't but, be surprised to see Brandon Graham go. Right. He's been around a while. He has oh. been around a while. Um but Darby and Hicks and Elliott I would think would, would want to stay and would oh. be very keen on staying. Ajayi, it depends on what they do with Blunt. Now, Ajayi right. is younger. Right. Um, if they let Blunt go, you probably don't want to lose Ajayi the next offseason. Right. So right. It's, it's tough to say depending on what they do with Blunt and then uh, how they handle Ajayi next year. But So the outlook for 2018 for the Eagles, I, I would say they've got a good chance to repeat as division champs. To me, the Cowboys are the biggest hurdle there. I think oh, absolutely. Dallas was absolutely. on the fringe this year. And if things go their way and they don't have to deal with off-the-field stuff with Ezekiel Elliott and they can keep the offensive line together and Dak looks better and is better 
with Elliot back there, I think the Cowboys are probably their biggest hurdle. See, my hope is that Dez can really screw things up for them, <laughs> like off the field issue wise this year. And I mean, honestly, they should be a strong candidate to play in the NFC Championship. So here we go. Top two, top three team in the NFC is Dallas at Philly, the opener next year. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, obviously the Eagles will host that Thursday night game, and there's a lot of good potential matchups there. It's tough to pass on Dallas at Philly after the Eagles win the Super Bowl. Like, right. And after Jerry Jones has made it clear that, like, that is, sound you hear is me screaming into my pillow. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, kind of, do you think the NFL, you know, in New York, the, the, the uh, administrative and executive part of that, remember what Jerry Jones put them through this year, and they're thinking, hey, go and see the Eagles raise the banner. Go take right. your Cowboys there. They're right. limping. Roger can go, and Roger can be there, like part of the celebration for the Eagles. Right. Uh, just to rub it in, salt in the wound a little bit. When Let's make it? this happen. I this is, the this Super is great. Bowl, when was the last time you heard Roger Goodell get cheered at an NFL game? I was going to say, who, like, what prop bet would there have been for yeah. Roger Goodell to get cheered but you, at the I Super mean, Bowl? It makes sense, though, because... The Eagles it only was care perfect about the trophy storm. He's perfect storm. Why would you boo the guy that's giving you something you've wanted for 52 years? Right, exactly. Exactly. So just to recap, the NFL year for the Eagles hosted the best draft ever. It was right? by, by far. Then they win the Super Bowl and then they have an awesome parade. And, and they man, host what the year. kickoff to the 2018 season. Yeah. All so, within what, like 16 months? Yeah. Oh, man, this is incredible. What a time to be an Eagles fan. All right, we're going to kind of continue with the NFL trend because we have another question from from your mom about the Ravens 2018 NFL outlook um this past year not as clear not as good as the Eagles I wouldn't think you know but hey Eagles won seven and nine last year won the Super Bowl this year Ravens nine and seven this year they just missed the wild card kind of brought on by themselves um Um, completely brought on by themselves what's working in their favor though is what kind of staying power do the other playoff teams have and this is the argument that I've heard and I know it's a stretch but I've heard it for another AFC North team in people jumping on the Browns. Now, this is before they've made the moves, but the Browns have $100 million, possibly, in cap space this year. Now, what you end up doing with that goes a long way to determining how that goes. But think about it. You could go out. have a great track record. No. And, and if anybody could screw it up, it'll be the Browns. But think about how they could set themselves up. They have the first and fourth pick and, like, Close to $100 million in cap space. So you're thinking Darnold and Barkley to Cleveland. Yeah. Man, that'd be a shame to give up on Deshaun Kaiser after one year. I mean, I know it wasn't a great year, but Peyton Manning was awful for two years in Indianapolis. At yeah. least, I mean, he showed flashes probably a lot more than Deshaun Kaiser did, but Manning threw more interceptions the first two years in the league right. than touchdown passes. Yeah. The Colts weren't good this first two no. years, and then look what happened. Not right. saying that Deshaun Kaiser's Peyton Manning. Of course, right. I'm not saying that. Right, but we've preached consistency over and over again, and Cleveland has been the team that has gone against that the most. Right. <laughs> like, I'm surprised they kept the coach. Like, Hugh I'm Jackson's shocked. still there. I'm shocked. He's one in what one in thirty one or something yeah, like that. One in thirty one. So, um, so that's working in Baltimore's favor. Is uh, Cincinnati's probably taking a step back, division, right? Right. You have to play against Pittsburgh, who's likely to stay on, on top. Same right. thing with the Patriots. But, but you have Kansas City, new quarterback. Jacksonville, who really knows about them? Was that a flash in the pan? Same thing with Tennessee. They were inconsistent right. that they had that miracle comeback against the Chiefs. Buffalo, do we really? Buffalo probably shouldn't have been there this year. Right. You know, it all came down to um, Cincinnati taking down the Ravens in a crazy game. Um, so what's Baltimore losing? Right. Not a lot. Um, Mike Wallace, Ben Watson, 
Uh, Ryan Jensen, a free agent. So is Terrence West. But other than that, you know, it's all there. But it all comes down to the quarterback. It's a quarterback-driven lead. Joe Flacco's 33 and entering his 11th season, but he is signed through 2021. However, is that a good thing? I, I don't know. Like, And it becomes one of those, he's clearly good enough to win a Super Bowl he's because funny. he has won a Super Bowl. Right. Um, but that was also now, what, five years ago? By the way, this is, heard this stat today. Only two quarterbacks drafted in the last decade have won a Super Bowl because mo- a lot of quarterbacks were drafted before right. that, that year. So Flacco and Wilson? No, Wilson and Foles. Oh, was Flacco on the other side? Right, okay. I think by a year. By a year, okay. Well, but, he's the same year as Chad. Right, so I think counting, like, I think, counting like... Counting this coming right, season. Right, right, okay, right. all right. I was going to say, because so, that doesn't make any sense. So because of that... And let me think. It's Wilson and Foltz who were dra- both drafted in 2012 in the third round, 13 picks apart. Like, because all of them are, you know, like Ben was drafted before. Oh, yeah. Rogers was drafted Eli, before. Peyton, Eli, you're right. Yeah. Aaron, Brady, right. all those guys are pre what, 2005 ish? Yeah. It wasn't Rod- Rod- Is Rogers the youngest of that group? Because Roethlisberger and Manning were 04, weren't they? I don't remember. I want to say they were 04. I think he, well, wait. Rodgers, oh, he was the same year as Alex Smith. That doesn't mean they're the same age, though. Like, in my head, I was thinking, like, his. Well, Rodgers and Smith, I thought, were 05. I thought Roethlisberger and Manning were 04 with Philip Rivers. Yeah, well, but, yeah, yeah. Brady was, what, 2000? I thought he was 99. 99. Yeah. 99. Um, but, I, yeah. And Manning, we know, right. was 98. But, yeah, so. It's one of those where you're just like, man, you know, it's kind of interesting when you look at the quarterbacks that have been drafted, you know, don't always end up in great situations. Well, five but years here, from now, where are we going to be? Here's the here's <laughs> the problem. Like, Flacco, he's good enough, but you I don't know that. Have... I honestly don't know that the rest of the team is. Right, and like, exactly and so say. it'll come down to Flacco because that's one individual that you can kind of point to. And I don't know that he's good enough to lift them. To a championship or to compete for a championship. However, the rest of the team is not good. Not they're good not enough. good. No, I mean, no. they're average. Right. They are average. They went 9 and 7 this year. And on seven, offense, they're year, terrible. On offense, they're terrible. Yeah, well, listen to some of these stats 27th in yards, yards per game, 11th in rushing yards, not so bad, but 29th in passing yards. They actually were 9th in points per game. But they were the third. Yeah, but they also scored like, they, didn't they score like 50 some in a game? <laughs> they were first in turnover differential. But defensively, 21st in yards allowed per game, 6 in points allowed. So, like, they had a top 10 offense and defense in terms of points, but they only churned out a 9-7 and record. Right. The team the team is average at best. They're, they're destined for another 9-7 and season, which may be good enough for a wild card. And I know if you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. We've seen it happen yep. many, many times. But Joe Flacco is not good enough to carry this team anymore. It's, what, five years removed from their Super Bowl title yep. right around there? This past year, Flacco was 21st in passing yards, 32nd in yards per game, 22nd in passing touchdowns, 7th with interceptions, 26th in passes over 20 yards, 21st in passes over 40 yards, 46th in quarterback rating. Now, some of those players didn't complete a lot of passes. So if you take away the guys yeah, but that's who did complete 100 passes, he was still 27th. 27th. 
So when you have a middling so you're offense saying he's and not middling elite. defense, no, Joe Flacco is a bottom half of the league. Maybe he's seventeenth, maybe, right. but he's not. He's not sixteenth or higher, right? Anymore. And, uh, now, I'm right. not saying he wasn't ever. Was he a right. top ten guy? Probably for right. a few years. He looked incredible when they won the Super Bowl. Right. You know, but but, but again, they've done nothing to help him. And Ozzie Newsom has put together some great teams. But they've put off. together some stinkers, and I think he's stepping down after this and season. This is coming his last out. year. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we talked about the Eagles. We talked about Ravens. Why don't we talk about the rest of the NFL? Now, my dad asked about 2018 as it pertains to the entire league, uh, real quickly because there's a lot of else yeah. we want to touch on uh, in the NFC, AFC. Excuse me. We already said Patriots and Steelers probably there, but yep. the West and South are likely wide open. Yep. Um, in the South. I think with Watson and Watt back, I think the Texans are the team to beat there. Absolutely. Watson actually was the, I think, seventh-rated quarterback before he got injured as a rookie. Yeah. So I think there could be some big things coming in Houston as long as he's fully recovered and ready to go for the whole season. showed him running the other day. And J.J. Watt is coming back. That hopefully will help that defense, which was um, snake-bitten down the stretch. But you had Tennessee and Jackson from that division in the playoffs. So interesting, interesting division for sure. Out west – Let's see. Hmm. Denver, they need to add a quarterback. We'll see if they do that. Are the Chargers going to be better earlier? Because if they if they had been, they would have been in the playoffs easily. Yeah. Oakland brought back Gruden. And Gruden. now Kansas City has a second-year quarterback replacing Alex Smith, who was a top-three quarterback, at least rating-wise, this past season. So yeah. the West is a crapshoot. Right now, actually, I'll give it to Gruden. I'll say I think the Raiders are the team to beat. Yeah, I think, I think the key there is... Um... What he the, does with the car. And the, the players offense. didn't like Del, Del Rio. Rio. And right or wrong, right, that's a separate issue. Well, depending on why they didn't like him, Gruden may not be the best. Right. But I feel like they want Gruden there right now. Right now. And I think that buy-in could be a big swing for them this year. Um, I Yeah, Oakland's looking in, intriguing out there. NFC this past year was Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Saints, Panthers, Falcons in the playoffs. In the East, we already touched on. We think it's Philly and Dallas and then everyone else. Even though Washington Alex Smith would makes them interesting just because he is a a very good and efficient quarterback that's not flashy, could be what the Redskins need. But I think the Giants are not there But they traded their best secondary defender. For a quarterback that's five years older than the quarterback they had, who statistically is the same. Right. So where's Kirk Cousins going to go? Right. Is Denver the likely destination? That makes the AFC West even more crazy if it is. Yeah. Um, NFC North, a lot of people are putting stock into Rodgers returning to the Packers. Maybe there you go back to In a contract year, by the way. I agree with them. I think it's going to be Green Bay there. I'm not dissing Minnesota, but Case Keenum's got to do for more than a year for me if they're sticking with him because they still have Bradford and Bridgewater too. Right. As of right now, yeah. before the new league year starts. I think Minnesota is in wildcard contention there. Yep. In the South, that, to me, is up for grabs. I think any of I those agree. teams could win it because I think Tampa Bay has the parts. They just need better coaching and better play. Carolina, Falcons, Saints. I think the Saints could struggle to replicate the success from this year. I agree. And I'm not saying that they're a 4-12 and team, but I think they're going to drop back and be closer to 500 um, and finish third or fourth in the division. I actually think I favor the Panthers there. I think I like Cam Newton and what they got on offense. See, I think Atlanta rebounds next year. I think they were a little bit of hangover t- this year. And, that was the uh, toughest for me to I think they're to, coming to back. Nail. So right now I'm leaning Carolina there. Out west, I think Seattle returns to form. 
And top I of think the Rams. I think the Rams come back to earth a little bit. Not that they won't be good. Right. I think they come back to earth a little bit I, this year. I think they're a wild card. I'll tell you what, contender. though. You see how much money's going in on the Niners out in Vegas right now? So, However, I have some interesting defensive uh, problems that arose today. Wait, what? Who's the line? Uh, Ruben Forrester. Foster. Or Ruben Foster um, has been charged with domestic violence oh, and uh, had a, had an assault rifle in his car. Oh, good. Yeah, so... Um, so yeah, I now, th- those are charges. That's right. not convictions, but that doesn't, doesn't always mean good. anything doesn't in the NFL. But um, yeah, so I have San Francisco third just because Garoppolo, who we need to talk about a little bit later, five and zero as a starter. Yeah, seven and zero for his career. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I think uh, you know they're going all in on him. I think that's a fine move. I you don't that's doubt- a place. That's a place where I think Saquon would would be a great fit. Oh, I don't I don't think he man, falls there though. Imagine? I don't think he falls that far. Yeah, but wow. can you imagine? That would be crazy. But I don't think they're quite there yet. I agree. You know, they went what were they five and eleven or no? They were six and ten. I could see them creeping up to five hundred. I could see oh, them yeah. getting the seven yeah. eight wins. Uh, and then if they do free agency and, and the draft right, they could be ready to break through in the West yep. in two years. When I think Seattle could be dropping back, and then it's Rams 49ers. Yeah, then it's Rams 49ers because I think Arizona's a few years away uh, from doing anything there. So that's what. You know, that's kind of our early look at 2018. A lot, a lot of the same, but also a lot different. You know, we said Patriots Steelers likely, but we see, um, Houston, Oakland, the Chargers maybe challenging, um, in their divisions. NFC, we still like the Eagles, uh, but we want, we think maybe the Packers could, could, uh, could surprise with Rodgers, like Justin mentioned, in a contract year. So we're going to step down a rung now and go to college. My dad asks about Penn State in 2018. And, uh, you know, after two straight 11-win seasons, a Big Ten championship, a Fiesta Bowl victory, people, I think, kind of were saying, all right, well, Penn State had their moment. They're going to drop back a little bit. Saquon Barkley's leaving, yada, yada, yada. Um, People actually that paying attention to recruiting and what's coming back should anticipate at least another 10-win season to me. Oh, man. Like, I'm all on board. I doubted them this year just because the, the expectations were so high. See, I do, I do think that the radar has now shifted, yeah, and it's going to be on Ohio State. I'm telling you where else there's going to be focus this year, especially if they struggle early, is Michigan because oh, yeah. Harbaugh. It's I'm telling you right now, and I said this. We talked about this back in bowl season. Right now, you could rank Jim or yeah, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh. You could rank him maybe the seventh or eighth. Best coach in the Big Ten based on expectations versus, versus reality. Right. Not that he, I'm not saying he is the seventh, but based on expectations. The expectations were that he was coming in and they'd compete for national championships right away. It hasn't and it hasn't happened. And they finished third the last two years. Um, in the in the, in the East, yeah, right? In the, in the division. So Penn State should be a Big Ten contender, obviously, with Ohio State in the East. They, I think, they're a dark horse college football playoff contender because. If you win the East and and we win the Big Ten, you right. are likely right. in the college. See, that's playoff. the advantage. So, like as much as I complain about the un the unequal divisions in the Big Ten, it's it has its benefits to be in the hard side because if you win in a college football, you got to win your games. But if you win, you've got your shot. Whereas Wisconsin, they probably would have gotten their shot if they had won. You know, beat Ohio State, but. It's a lot harder there because there's, you know, well, and you have Nebraska there who's intriguing now with the new coach and everything. But, um, 
So Franklin's recruiting, and Franklin and his staff's recruiting has improved each year. He just landed, depending on what site you're using, a top four, top five class. Better than Alabama. Yeah. Penn State has just nailed recruiting in Pennsylvania, the Mid-Atlantic, and their tentacles are reaching into the south, into the heartland. Florida, man. Yeah, they are grabbing some great, great prospects from around the country. And despite their losses, we all know that Barkley's gone. Deshaun Hamilton could be a, a big loss, but uh, and their entire secondary and linebackers are going. But um, the projected starters next season have a higher average recruiting rankings than the past two teams did. And the past two teams just went 22-5. and five. Right. So now I know recruiting rankings don't always translate to success on the field. But when you look at the studies over the years of recruiting versus national championships, right. there's a huge correlation there. Yeah, there's a reason why... Clemson and Alabama and Georgia have incredible recruiting classes every year. Ohio and, State. And now and Ohio State. And you know who's been up there climbing? And like you said, up there with all those big boys this year is Penn State. So now again, that this year, you know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time till some of those guys work their way in, but um those increased recruiting classes it, right. well, it doesn't is- hurt. It doesn't this is hurt. Franklin's fourth year, so he's now got a basically a full tenure. We're kind of counting red shirts. This right. is his fourth recruiting class. It's his best yet. He got the number one player in like three or four states, including Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. You know, some guy named Micah Parsons, who's <sighs> going to wear number eleven. By the I way, play that. linebacker. Welcome to Stick City. Um, man. So probably the biggest reason I'm so high on Penn State is Trace McSorley is back. Yeah. For year three, he became the he- guy Heisman, last year. Heisman candidate. Because everyone keyed on Barkley. Right. McSorley was winning them games. And yeah. McSorley is an early trendy pick for the Heisman. Right. Now, you also have replacing Barkley, you have five-star junior Miles Sanders, who I've seen play in person in high school, right. and five-star freshman from Virginia, Ricky Slade. The wide receiver depth is off the charts, and that doesn't even count. Five-star Uber prospect Justin Shorter, right. who is going to step on the field and be a monster. Who I believe was the number one player in New Jersey, I think. I or think something he was like up that. there. He yeah, was up. He was yeah. number one think, wide receiver, I think, I think in New Jersey. Out number one in PA, New Jersey, and Virginia. Yes, Shorter, yes. Slade, and Parsons. Yeah, and um, offensive line, they're they're above average now, but four or five are back, and you got three big name guys ready to challenge for the vacant. Spot left by Brandon Mann at guard, which would be Mike Miranda. Which, CJ by the Thorpe. way, when you say the vacant spot. Single. That That's I, something we haven't had for a little while. Uh, local boy Michael Mennett also right. in conversations to take over that guard spot from Brandon Mann graduating. Probably the biggest thing in the, in the defense is getting John Reed back from his ACL injury. Yep. He was a monster two years ago. I shut yep. down guys, I believe a sophomore then. Right. Two soft. And he'll be a full year and a half oh, yeah, removed he tore it from in the spring. right. He's he'll be a full year and a half removed from it, so it's not like beginning of the season. And uh, Amani is back. I can't even pronounce his last yeah. name. So him and Reed at corner. So they move Wade to safety. Yeah, who's a freak athlete? You just put it safety because Marcus Allen and Troy Apke are gone. They need to find another safety, probably that in the box type, because Wade is probably going to be the yep. free guy. Um, they're going to have an incredible defensive line rotation. Sean Spencer, Coach Chaos. He probably has his best group he's had there. Who I ran into last yeah, weekend. Who Justin just yeah, talked to, no yeah, big deal. Yeah. Um, Made sure I told him we renewed our tickets, so we're good to go. <laughs> um, linebacker depth is probably the biggest question mark. Kabinda's mm. gone. Um, you know, Cole Farmer and, and Cam Brown are back. Mm. Micah Parsons likely to play. The Mike, the inside guy, they're going to I thought Cole Farmer's gone. No, Cole Farmer's back. Really? Yeah. <sighs> Uh, so if they find some depth there, and there's some players, but a lot of them are young and inexperienced or move positions. 
So there's question marks for sure, but I think some of the doom and gloom that's going on after graduating so many people, and a lot of that focuses on Barkley. I think Penn State Good. should be a minimum 10-2 and two in the regular season. Why? Because they have a favorable schedule plus all the talent that they have on the right. field. They host Appalachian State to open the season on the 1st of September. They travel to Pitt. Then they host Kent State before traveling to Illinois to open Big Ten play on a Friday. Thank you, yeah. Big Ten. Before hosting Ohio State. There is no reason, based on the coaching and talent, that Penn State should be anything less than 4-0 at that point. No excuses to be anything less I know. than 4-0. I know. Like, I don't care that it's at Pitt. There's no, with the they need to beat Ohio. The yeah, Penn they need State, to beat Pitt. The talent and on the Penn State what team, would be fun is to go into Pittsburgh and send a message. Like, after them. Pitt's coming off of a non-bowl season, like, just go in there and just wreck them. And remembering what happened two years ago. Yep, yep. So, they should be 4-0 going to Ohio State. But you get Ohio and State hand out keychains. Go ahead. You get Ohio State at home. Yep. So, obviously, I'm going to call Anything that one can a happen. toss-up. Anything can I'm happen. I'm call that one a toss-up. Then you enter your bye before hosting Michigan State, who you want payback Two for, huge games in three weeks. And who there. they're reeling because of off-the-field stuff that we're not going to say anything about. Right. Withhold judgment. Then you have to go to Indiana, which not always sneaky, easy. That's a sneaky bet- one. Sandwiched between right. Michigan State and, and Iowa. Iowa at home. Now, I right. know Iowa wants revenge for what happened last year, but it's in Beaver Stadium, so right. that makes me feel Man. much better. Then you got to go to Michigan. Uh, so that also is another toss-up there because yeah. it's going to Michigan where Penn State has not played great. Right. But you know what? Time to turn that around, too. Right. Then you host Wisconsin, <sighs> who's on the regular season schedule for the first time in a few years, before finishing with two what should be easy that games. That could be a monster game, that Wisconsin game. Yeah. <sighs> At Rutgers and host Maryland Thanksgiving Saturday. Big Ten title game is December 1st. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of tough games. Almost all of them are at home, save for Michigan. That's right. why I think Penn State is destined to go no worse than 10-2 and two in wow. 2018. That would be fun. That would be fun. Man, the key is to win that second one. You beat Pitt at Pitt, then you should beat Kent State, obviously, and you should beat Illinois on the road. On the road and a and then Friday. You're four and you're 4-0 coming into that Ohio State game you at win home. That, and the Whew. nice thing about that is that emotional game, if you win that game, you have a bye the next game. Right, right. So you can let you know, let it simmer, let it sit. <clears throat> and think about how and then Michigan get State ready. cost you right. this year. Michigan State ruined your season last year. It wasn't yep. the Ohio State game. It was the Michigan State game that ruined yep. Penn State's season. Now you get to hopefully beat Ohio State, recover from that on a bye week, then take tackle Michigan State. If you beat OSU and then you can take to MSU – not that the second half is easy, but you but have you all have the it, momentum in the world. Then you have it in your sights now. Yep, you have it in your sights, and you get, could get a chance for a Big Ten title preview against Wisconsin on November tenth, right? Uh, unless Nebraska surprises, right? But we don't have to play Nebraska. We or could, Minnesota, right? Yeah, so that's nice. All right, so that's Penn State. Let's kick it. That's the rung down even lower now. My dad asked about Wilson twenty eighteen. We're gonna run through this really quickly because. We did this on the Bulldog Hour in December, but 2018 Wilson Outlook um, s- schedule is moved a week earlier. Wilson starts August 24th at Central Dolphin before Labor Day weekend at home against Governor Mifflin. Then they have Springford at home, travel to Mannheim Central. That's their four non-league games. Then they have Penn Manor on September 21st at home. That's the opening of the LL Section 1 schedule. They travel once again to Mannheim Township. Because it's a new tier cycle, and that's sometimes how it happens. Then October 5th is the big one. It's against Hempfield, who 
probably won't be as good as they were last year. They're losing a lot of good players at Himmelsbach and Martin Robinson. But that is the game at First Energy Stadium for the Baseball Town Gridiron Classic. They will play at the Reading Fighting Phil Stadium in Reading. Then they go to Warwick, host Cedar Crest, and finish the season at McCaskey. Then there's potential for five weeks of playoffs culminating with a state championship game on December 1st, which would be the same day as, as the Big Ten title game. Imagine Wilson winning a state title and uh, Penn State winning a Big Ten title Finishing to go to college under, football play. Yeah, undefeated Big Ten championship. Yeah, all, all no, on the same day, within, within hours. Yeah. Um, so why do we think Wilson will be better this year than last year? Well, I think it's because of the number of contributors back. Yeah, they do we, have a lot back. We talked about this on the Bulldog Hour in December, but on offense, they have eight guys that played a lot last year coming back. McFoy, Gilmore, Corson, Johnson, Klein, Keller, Ventura, and Venino. On defense, 11 guys wow. that played a lot last year are back. Keller, Ventura, Colson, Johnson, Smith, Magalotti, Cook, Corson, Gilmore, Fry, and Fox. And the big one on offense and defense is tight end linebacker Nick Johnson, who was kind of became the heart of the team last year as an underclassman. He was the defensive player of the year for the team and got a lot of offseason ac- uh, accolades. He is back, and I think after the way last year ended, and an 8-4 and four mark, not winning the league for the first time in a decade, I think uh, this team will be ready to go. Of course, the biggest question mark, who's going to be quarterback? Seniors, future at Heckman are trying to hold off juniors, Williams and Veal. Uh, the sophomore involved is... Corey Powers, younger brother of Colin Powers from a few years ago, 2015. I don't expect him to get the job this year, but it would be cool if mm-hmm. a young young guy like that stepped up. Um, right now, probably the leading candidate is Futrick, but I wouldn't count out Cameron Heckman at all. But it's really, really soon, and we won't know till August. Yeah, we probably might. We may not really know till September. Yeah, and I say that knowing there's two games, two games in, in August, August right? Yep. It wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. So uh, another one of Cheryl's questions. Will the Orioles trade Machado, Manny Machado? And then we're on to baseball here. I say yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because they know he's going to leave and he can't lose him for nothing. So he's a right-handed third baseman, eligible for for free agency following the Moving to shortstop this year. Right. Um, 33 homers, just under 100 RBIs. 163 hits, not a great average, 259. This was all just this past season. But he's only 25 and a top three pick from a few years ago. And the potential landing spots, Cardinals, Cubs, White Sox, Yankees, Giants, Diamondbacks, and... The Phillies. And actually, CBS Sports had the Phillies as the second most likely destination for Machado. Phillies have a lot of prospects where they can trade. the top three teams they mentioned, the Cardinals, Phillies, and White Sox have either very strong up-and-coming stars or St. Louis has young players contributing in the majors that could get the deal done because Machado, the demands from the Orioles for Machado is similar to the Jason Hayward trade from three years ago and the O's one pitching talent, which the Cardinals, Phillies, and White Sox can give. Which nobody here, though, is going to make that big trade without getting the 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 extension done. Right, Right. yeah, For sure. But yes, he will be moved. He'll be traded by July, for sure. Um, now, we got an email from Rich, and uh, he's going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. So, first off, congratulations to your Philadelphia Eagles on winning their first, that's big, bold, blue letter there, Super Bowl. Now, the challenge is to win a second one. If you need some advice, I know a team you can ask. The Steelers, right? Because they got six. I was going to say, it's first, but there's no asterisks with this one, so so we're good. Now now I'm throwing shots. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> also, congratulations for seven years and 253 episodes of your great show. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. 
Did you think you would be on this long? No. Probably not. No. <laughs> Especially after the first like two months where we're sharing microphones and just we were sitting back to back sharing microphones. Yeah, it was an interesting time. Yeah. All if right. you would have told me that the show would still be going and the Eagles would win a Super Bowl, I would have oh, thought you were crazy. crazy. Yeah. So Super Bowl, let's talk. I would say this was one of the best ever played despite the team that won. Boy, I've heard we, that from multiple Patriots fans, by the way. Boy, do we in New England have a way to make people happy. <laughs> For two teams with supposedly good defense, where did they go? Foles had a great game and Brady threw for over 500 yards. Only one punt in the entire game and missed extra points and field goals. I believe we will make it back next year. So one of my questions to you is, will Philly? I think we said we're not going to go out and say they're definitely making it back, but they should be in contention to make yeah. it. They are likely, the, the, I would say, likely division champs and one of the top three teams in the NFC. Uh, Justin, I almost wanted to make a bet with you, but decided against it. I know how <laughs> I handsome you would look in a Patriots jersey, and I also remember how I felt when I had to wear a Steelers shirt. I don't know that I said it on air, but I said it to you that I didn't do it because yeah. I. He actually, as much as I give Rich a hard time about the Patriots all the time, like I'll take I, I'll take the grief from Rich, you know, because he takes it from you know it's all in good fun. Yeah. But like I really, really try not to give crap to fans that I'm not willing to take back. Right. And while I would have loved to see Rich in an Eagles shirt, I wasn't willing to put on the Patriots shirt. So I didn't even throw it out there. Uh, he actually texted me this, I think, um, was it the day before the Super Bowl? It might have been the day before. It was, maybe it was the Friday before that he was going to, he wanted to make a bet with you, Benny. He's like, he couldn't do it. He didn't want to have to wear it. He didn't want to have to go through with it. Yeah. Um, he has another question here. So the Eagles be keeping both Foles and Wentz? Unless Lauren, they're offered the world right. for Foles. I mean, why know. not? There's no I, I'm telling not you. To. Somebody was like, well, what would you do? I was like, Cleveland offers that number four pick. I, I oh, sent yeah. him on the way. Say but, bye, Nick. Yep. Um, yeah, so obviously Wentz is the guy. This, Foles winning the Super Bowl doesn't change anything. Wentz is the future. Foles is here as insurance. He did what he's supposed to do, and wow. now he's probably going to be the starter for the first six weeks. Right, exactly, because Wentz's injury happened in December, not in September. You know, So, he, yeah, I, they're going to need him. I don't think there's any way Wentz starts the season. He's no. likely destined for the pup list. Um, and that's okay. That's okay. Right. And now, I mean, his first game could be in London, Wentz, against the Jaguars. That's fine. So I think they're definitely staying. Like unless, like you said, unless they get some crazy offer, both of them are Eagles in 2018. Will Garoppolo be worth the big tr- contract the 49ers gave him? Right now, it's looking like a yes. Although well, in the first five years of his deal, he'll make more than Brady did in the first 13 yeah. of his, which just tells you the crazy numbers being thrown around out there. But at the same time, like, you need a quarterback, and if they think they found him, and everything we've seen so far has Belichick told us, also like, you thinks get they him. found him. Right, exactly. That's why I'm going to say yes. Yeah, Garoppolo will be worth it. I kind it of view, I kind year. of view it as like that, where you know, whenever Penn State gets a guy that was recruited, had an offer from Alabama, I get excited. Yes. you know, I kind of view that it this way. Like Belichick didn't want to give up Garoppolo, not at all. And that's rare. He Belichick's usually looking for Supposedly who can he get rid Kyle of. Supposedly Kyle Shanahan called earlier in the year, and Belichick basically laughed and was like, no way I'm trading him. Wow. That came out recently. Wow. So, so yeah, that makes me like Garoppolo even more. By the end of the, the, the penultimate or the final season of Jimmy G's original deal here in San Francisco, I think it will have proven to be worth it. Will they have won a Super Bowl? I'm not going to go that far. Yeah, I don't but know. But if they're winning divisions and going to NFC Championship games, he'll have been worth it. Right. Do you think Billy Billy will retire after? Now, he says 2019. Now, I don't know if he means the end of the Super Bowl next year or if he means the end of the 2019 season. Um, I don't know. I think should they win the Super Bowl next year, I think maybe that would happen, you know, a year from now. 
he could go out. You know, he'd have played in three straight Super Bowls. What would it be? Nine overall, yeah. winning six. This is just with the Patriots' time with the Patriots. And with everything that happened this year, supposed drama, losing the Super Bowl, it probably would be a good time for him to hang it up. But we've said that for many years. So until it happens, I'm not buying it. Um, do I do I think it will happen? I think too much has to go right for it to happen, so I'll say no. Yeah, I say no. I say no. How do the Phillies look for the upcoming baseball season? It seems Similar to the last three years, but hopefully a little better. Right, yeah. Like, they still have the young guys. They have the young farm system. But these guys have played a lot now over the last two years. They should be t- making strides. If they could get to the mid-70s wins, I'd be happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm i hoping for 500 this year. Oh, man, that'd be great. I know, I know. It's a little crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, hoping for 75 to 77. If they could get to 81 wins, yeah, I'd be, I'd be on board. Once again, congratulations on your seven years, and may you have a lot more to come. Your loyal listener and still Patriots fan, Rich. So thank you, Uncle Rich, for listening. Thank you for contributing as much as you do. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm sorry that the Patriots lost because I just can't do that with a straight face. That's right. You know, you, you've got five. Uh, you've yeah. been to, to, what, three more? I, I just – I can't. I really can't feel that sorry. <laughs> I, I, I am – now, obviously, I'm in the Philly area, so I don't have to take – New England fans that are being obnoxious, really. But of the New England fans I know, they've all been very gracious. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, so uh, I got a, hats I, off to them. I got a message from a, a college friend who lives in Connecticut, won tickets to the Super Bowl. So she was at the Super oh Bowl. Oh, my. And she commented on a picture I posted from the parade and said, look, I'm not necessarily happy about the outcome, but she's like, um, enjoy it. You know, like, Philly deserves it. Hope right. you're having fun, like, yeah. kind of thing. Like, And I just replied, thank you. You're handling it better than I would have, and um, but, thank yeah. thank you for sharing the wealth. <laughs> like <laughs> that, that's the thing though. Like it's, Philly would be distraught and probably obnoxious if they had lost, but that's because they've never been there, right? Right. They had never won. Like right. if you lose again in heartbreaking Do you fashion. See, um, oh, who was the Clipper? Doc Doc Rivers was in Philly, right? And he said he's walking around. And he's like, man, he's like that win, the Super Bowl win. He, this was yesterday. He's like. Changed the town. He said it changed the town. He said he was walking around town. He's like, and people were like smiling and shaking his hand. He's like, and people actually wished him good luck. He's like, knowing I'm the Clippers coach, not the Sixers coach. He's like, he's like, this is not the same Philly. He's like, it has changed. They have changed the city. But it's okay though, because the Sixers won and are undefeated since he won the Super Bowl. So are the Flyers. Right, exactly. The, The entire outcome for the city has changed. That's and right. now we're going to see the Sixers and Flyers win theirs oh my gosh. in the coming years. Yeah, And we already have 10-year anniversary of uh, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl party oh, already planned. Yeah, we already have it planned on uh, our That calendar. was actually planned before the Super Bowl, well, mind you. So I didn't say anything to you until after the Eagles won, but when they won the NFC Championship game, I put in for my personal day. Yeah, yeah, like, you told me that. Yeah. Yeah, it had to be switched. I had to switch <laughs> it, yeah, but I, I was already headed in. Hey, you so. gotta, hey sometimes you got to do what you got to do, so... Thank you, Uncle Rich, for listening and writing in. Now, your dad got a few in here that we can cover real fast. Yep, a couple uh, of them we of talked them about. Done. Yep. So, first one that we haven't talked about is a little bit of NBA talk, which we're going to do in the next few months. I'm going to contact my buddy Dallas Woods, see if he oh, wants to cool. come back on. Um, but your dad says, having just beaten the Celtics by 22 today, what are the Cavs' chances for making the NBA Finals with their new, younger look? Can they beat Golden State? So, I put their chances to make the Finals at... Um, 
I was going to say 50. Uh, or 67, so that, like, I'd say two-thirds, maybe. Two-thirds, okay. Um, I really like what the Cavs did. I think it makes them, quote-unquote, better now. They have guys that want to play with LeBron as opposed to guys that kind of got stuck playing with LeBron or have been there for a few years and kind of ran its course. Or at the end of their... But I think they're also positioned better for, one, to try and keep him, get him to stay, and two... If he leaves, I think they're in a better position right. now than they would have He's been before, to too. He's coming to the Sixers. Oh, my gosh. I, was, I actually thought about this today. I'm like, <laughs> if he comes to the Sixers, oh, my gosh, that will be incredible. If he goes to the Lakers, that's fine, too, because then it now becomes the one less team you have to worry about right. in in the East. Right. For sure. So, <laughs> I agree with you. I think they are better now and in the future. Can I'll, they beat Golden State? They've done it before. Right. But I hope not. So <laughs> I put them at 50-50 to represent the East in the finals. Can they win the finals? I think they can. Will they? Probably not. I want them to as the opposite of Justin, but hey, you know, you can't win them all. That's right. Save it for next year with the Sixers. Right. Exactly. That's fine. I'll take that trade. All right. Number two from from Jeff. What chance do you give the Eagles to return to the Super Bowl and repeat? If I had to put a chance on it, I'd put it at 20%. That's exactly what I was going to say. 20%. One out of five. Right now I say one out of five just because it's so tough to do. Right. It hasn't been done since the Patriots in 0405, right? Which the second one was against well, the Eagles. The Patriots made it back to the Super Bowl this year from last year. I, I mean, repeat oh, as to repeat champs. as champs. Oh, yeah, not, yeah. Not playing too. Oh, strong. to repeat as champs. I probably champs. put it at like fifteen percent, ten percent to do it. I think to get there, I put it at twenty. They I'll do return to, a lot, though. I, man. I say to get there, I put it at thirty-five percent. To repeat, right. I'll say twenty percent. And people say that's crazy and it's high, but whatever. That's what I'm going with. Um, what areas do you think the Phillies have improved? Where do you believe their greatest areas of need are? Is there got, one key free agent you'd like to see them sign? Mike Trout. Right? Oh, it's not a free agent. Right, but do whatever it takes to get him. Just get, <laughs> trade everything. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. If Mike Trout ever comes to the Phillies, look out. Oh, my god. Get LeBron and Mike Trout. <laughs> I don't think Philly would know what to do with themselves after. No, no. I mean, it doesn't matter if the Phillies won the World That's Series what, 10 this years is what, ago. Remember, we t- we've talked about this a lot. Like, 2004... Boston was still the lovable, lovable loser city, yeah. you know, and now they, they're not. Um, I'll take that. I I'll want that. that. I, I want to be that. that. I want where no one cares about Philadelphia anymore because that means right. we're winning. To quote Jason Kelsey, that won't get me in trouble. No one likes us and we don't care. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would say let's not go over that's, the rest of this speech. That's the only, that's the only part where we're going to be able to touch on. But uh, um, Where have the Phillies gotten better? Um, batting. Carlos Santana is going to add oh, a big sure. bat. Yep, That'll yep, help. That's right. Um, Hopefully take some stress off the guys that are supposedly the big bats but weren't really big bats uh, like Mikel Franco and, and stuff like and that. So I, hopefully I, it helps honestly, out there. I still say offense, I think, is their biggest area of need. I would agree. Because I, 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 I guess I'm banking on the pitching being better. Their relief right. pitching wasn't bad last year. Right. I they're, know there are rumors that they may be in play for Arietta, which that kind of ups that okay. timetable. Like if they are, then you need to be like playoff you need contender. You to be getting right. to at least 500. Yeah. yeah. The rumor I heard yesterday was trying to get Arietta for three years, $75 million, $25 million mm-hmm. a year. So. Well, we will be doing a full baseball preview probably at the end of March. So we're actually, since we're rounding out the show here right now, um, we're actually going to take about five weeks off here just because football season is such Hiatus. A, yeah, football season is crazy. And I know we took like a holiday break, but football season is just crazy. So we're going to take some time off. And I have a lot of stuff uh, that I have to do in March that takes up a lot of time um, for work and coaching. That uh, just, you know, we're just going to lay low a little bit. Right. So our next show won't be until Sunday, March 18th, which is actually a week after March Madness begins. So no. we're going to do a March Madness show. Well, no, show. That's, that's the Sunday it starts. 
I'm talking, we usually do a selection show. Oh, you're right. Sorry. So, Sorry. Yeah, March you. 11th is selection Sunday, but March 18th we'll be back to recap the first two rounds. Um, we'll, so we'll be at the Sweet 16 when we come oh. back on. So all the, or we'll almost be there because there'll be games late, probably Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll recap what happened Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday during the day. We will be running I'm, a bracket I'm challenge. I'm going to be at games on the 17th, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we'll talk hey, about that. Down in Philly. Um, in Pittsburgh. Oh, in Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to see if Adam wants to come on and talk about what's been happening in March Madness. We will have a bracket challenge. So you have to stay uh, tuned into the Facebook page for that announcement. If you need an email or text, let me know, and I'll send you the group invite. I'd love to get 40 brackets again this year. And again, the offer still stands. If you win and you want to come on the show, you can pick the sports topic and uh, and be uh, you know a guest. A guest Sounds host. good. Um, more from us. Check out jmnjrradio.com. Follow us on Twitter. Shoutouts. I know my uncle is celebrating a birthday in I believe four days. So happy early birthday to my uncle Rich. I know you have one coming yep, up my, as well. My sister's birthday is on Thursday. So happy early birthday to Andrea too. Uh, is that everyone? The ultimate shout out, the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Oh my gosh. World. Thanks again. Champs. Yeah. So I think that's it. You have anything else to say? Uh, no. All right. Thanks for joining us. That wraps up the 253rd episode of the Joe Mays and J-Raff show. We hope you tune in every Sunday for our take on sports. Until next time, I'm J-Raff. And I'm Joe Mays. Thanks, Thanks for, listening. for listening. Ladies and gentlemen. But, excuse, excuse me. Where's this booze coming from? I'm sorry, but we are going to be playing. And we need you to participate, Chris Killian. Fly, Eagles, fly, on the road to victory. Fight, Eagles, fight, score a touchdown, one, two, three. Hit them low, hit them high, and watch the Go Cobb.